Welcome to the Less Doing Podcast, where you will learn how to start living more by doing less. Let me help you optimize, automate, and outsource your entire life so you can focus on doing the things you love. Now here's your host, Ari Mizell. Welcome back to the Less Doing Podcast. I'm your host, Ari Mizell. And I have the gift today of speaking with my friend, John Rulin, author of Giftology and an expert gift giver, among other things. So, John, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Thanks for having me, Ari. This is, uh, is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. My, uh, I mean, it's, it's always great hearing you talk and having a chance to chat with you. So let's start really quick with a little bit of your background and how you got to be the gift guy. Yeah, well, it wasn't part of the master plan. That is for dang sure. Um, I grew up a farm boy, one of six kids in the middle of Nowheresville, Ohio, like 500 person town, one flashing light. So uh, most of my childhood was doing manual labor, blue collar, like, you know, splitting wood, uh, living off the land, baling hay, uh, milking goats every morning before school. That was kind of like my routine. Um but I got, I was kind of an overachiever. I, I realized I didn't want to be a farmer uh, my whole life. So I was got good, really good grades to get out of Dodge and was going to go be a doctor because I thought they made all the money. Um, and I'd make my mom proud who was like into health and wellness and alternative stuff back when it wasn't cool to do that. And um, so in school, I'm desperate. I had started business. It was blue collar business, was making a lot of money, but I got, I fell off a ladder at 30 feet three or two different times. And I was like, this is dumb. Like I'm never even going to make it through school and started to look for other things. And I stumbled upon through some friends, this internship with Cutco, the knife company, which, you know, a lot of our mutual friends have, you know, had a, a start, you know, Hal Elrod and all of those guys started with Cutco. Um, but I did it just out of desperation and my life really changed, uh, towards the gifting realm and really just in general, um, because I was dating a girl and her dad was an attorney, but he was the most generous person on the planet. Like he was giving away, like he'd find deals on noodles and give literally everybody in at church, like 200 people, like a, tw- like 20 cases, like a year supply of noodles. And so I pitched him the idea of giving away Cutco because I thought I'm desperate. I need to sell a lot of these knives. He gives stuff away all the time. Maybe he'll give away a pocket knife to all of his clients at Christmas. And so I work up the courage, I'm sweating bullets and I pitch him the idea and he really changed my life forever with one question, which was, I want to, can I do, could I engrave like a paring knife or something that's not like outdoorsy? And I'm thinking like all of his clients are like CEOs of insurance companies and, and home builders and lumber yards and these big companies. And they're like, men, like, I mean, you're like, you're going to give a grown man, like CEO, million dollar guy, like a kitchen tool. Like that's weird. And he said, John, the reason I have more referrals and more deal flow than I could ever handle is that in 40 years of business, I found that if you take care of the family, everything else in life seems to take care of itself. And so for me, it was that kind of lightning bolt moment that I was like, wow, it's not really about the knife. If Paul understands like the, you know, like Robert Cialdini's book, Recipro- or, uh, Influence talks about reciprocity and the psychology of, of giving and pouring into people and being a giver and and so I started to model that practice as a desperate 20-year-old wanting to get meetings with people. And so I'd find out like the CEO of an insurance company, $200 million company, and I'd, I'd invest $200 in a carving set, which is a lot of money. And I'd engrave the CEO's name, his wife's name, and put a handwritten note inside that said, carve out five minutes for me. I promise it'll be with your time. And two weeks later, I get the meeting. And I walk in and the guy is like in his 60s. I, you know, It's a beautiful mahogany boardroom. And I walk in at 21 
And he's like, I'm really confused. Are you here to sell me knives? Like I was expecting like the seasoned sales executive in their fifties. And my answer would be, uh, no, I'm here to help you and your thousand sales reps do exactly what I did to you, to your top 10,000 relationships. And his jaw would hit the ground and I'd walk out of there for a PO for literally thousands of knife sets, not because I was a good salesperson, but because I was using the knives as kind of a delivery vehicle to get a result. And so by the time I was a senior in college, I had started to put med school on the side and and had become Cutco's number one distributor in the history of the company out of about a million and a half people because I was using gifting and gratitude as a competitive advantage, not as a check the box once a year kind of thing. Yeah, well, and for, it's, I mean, it's a great backstory and, and I, not to, to back up too much on this, but why? Yeah, and it's true. A lot of people that we know in our circle have gotten started with Cutco and I, a lot of people may not be familiar with what Cutco is. So can you just give a little bit more sort of illumination on that and why it seemed to be an opportunity that, that suited well some of the really successful people that we know now? Yeah. Well, I think that um, it's a great product. I mean, they, it's a company that's been around since the 40s. Uh, it's in New York. It's handmade cutlery and outdoors tools, hunting, fishing, gardening, all that kind of stuff. And in the 80s, they were a small company, but they they had a few entrepreneurs that you know said, hey, how, do we, how can we sell this great product that nobody knows about? And they said, why don't we start hi- hiring college kids as like an internship? They'll get sales background experience. They'll get college credit. And, um, and they'll get welcomed in to show this great product because it needs to be demonstrated. And so they developed a sales training program and started to work with college kids. And those depart, those divisions of the company just took off like a rocket ship. So they went from like 5 million in revenue to 250 million in revenue over like 30 years because they took this great product, they put amazing sales training behind it, and then they started to work with college kids. And so they've literally worked with, you know, close to a million and a half college kids over the last 30 years. But it's it, if you look at like Northwestern Mutual and Enterprise Rent-A-Car and some of these companies that have amazing internship programs for when you get out of college, they heavily recruit uh, Cutco people because if you can go out and build rapport, handle your own schedule, handle objections and sell a great product to somebody that you've never met before, it's kind of like the Southwestern Book Company. So like a Roy Vaden and a lot of those guys are connected to Southwestern. If you can sell books door to door there's not really anything else that you can't do. And if you can sell knives in somebody's house um, after only knowing them for an hour, like it's, I mean, there's not a lot of other things that are more awkward uh, or difficult to do than that. So I think that, you know, the Hal Elrods, John Bromans, John Berghoff, um, you know, there's just a ton of people out there that kind of rose to the top of Cutco, but then they've gone on to do amazing things otherwise because of that kind of personal development that they got when they're in their, you know, 18 to 22 realm. And even now there's a lot of people that have made it a career. They've said like, I can actually sell knives and build a whole business around it. And even to this day, we're Cutco is still a top 10 partner for us. Uh, we're not sales reps for them, but they are a partner and a distributor, um, you know, for some of our products. So it's uh, it's a wonderful company. And, and the, so, and that makes total sense. I mean, it's almost it, not that I, I mean, the 10,000 hour rule is not a real thing, but it's almost like that kind of idea, right? You're just getting this enormous amount of exposure to doing that kind of thing. And, and was there, what's like one big takeaway for you from that training program in terms of sales? Um, well, I think that, uh, that having a process for things is, is really powerful. And so they teach you that sales process of how to build value, how to handle, handle objections ahead of time, how to build rapport. They have a whole process for that. And you can obviously go off of the, you know, the typical roadmap once you've memorized and really dove into that, but they really have a script 
and a process for everything. And so I think that, uh, you know, if you follow that and then make it your own, that's really what I did. And I took that product and said, Hey, it's a great product. I, that's a great script. I'm going to go sell it to all these people. And by the way, I'm going to start asking for business owners as, as referrals, uh, which is another process they have. There's no door knocking or no canvassing. Um, but I think that having that process dialed in and to make it repeatable and, and duplicatable is how they've been able to scale and train literally, you know, in, a, in their biggest year, maybe 100,000 sales reps to go out where they have no sales experience. And then all of a sudden they go out and make a presentation uh, on knives in somebody's house is kind of a miracle. Um, but I think it goes back to that really that duplicatable process that they uh, that they developed. So that I mean, and that obviously like rings true to my heart, but that, it's just it's just an interesting thing to me because I I, I learned sales for what I do, but I, I it's and as comfortable as I am getting on the phone and selling somebody something like the idea of selling a knife to somebody is like makes me want to shudder right now. It's kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think most people are that way. I mean, I think that's uh, that's why it's such a special company. And and I've pushed my you know, all my younger brothers have gone and sold Cutco, and they're not still selling, but they sold it for a year or two when they're in college. And I think that they're you know one one of my brothers in film, um, one of my brothers is now working for an insurance company in operations. But I think that everything is sales. Like I don't care if you're a teacher, if you're a pastor, like you know even selling like your wife or your husband on marrying you, like everything is sales. Like people like oh, shudder yeah. at sales in general, but I don't think we realize, so you take a step back, how often and how important it is. I don't care what position you have or what level uh, or what industry, like it's a, it's one of those skills that everybody should really get exposed to. And they just, most people shy away from like, oh, I, I hate those slimy salespeople. And it's like, well, if you do sales the right way, it's not slimy. And it's a skill that is very valuable the rest of your life. Yeah. And, and the other thing that I do have to say is so I, I received a Cutco knife as a gift from Jason Gaynard from Mastermind Talks, which I, I know you had an influence on that. And yep. it's got, you know, my company logo on it and to the Mizell family. And it's such a nice knife. And I actually only use it for Thanksgiving. And it's so funny because every <laughs> time I take it out, because I'm, I'm like always like, because we do Thanksgiving at our house with, we had 26 people this year and my mom cooks and, but it's like we hosted our house. Uh, and Every time I like take it out, I'm like so proud to show it. And it's just, it's just amazing. That little thing about you have my logo on it, not Jason's name or mastermind or anything like that. And it just can't, I, well, first of all, I can't help thinking about him and you every time I see it. And so. Isn't that weird? I, I've had people almost get half ticked off. Like John, I, I mean, and we have some people I've sent literally like, like Jeffrey Gittimer, I sent 18 gifts of knives over 18 months and built them like a whole $4,000 set. And a lot of these guys are like, man, whether I want to or not, I think about you. Like this silly, this silly knife thing like works in, in some, in a lot of cases, people, you know, you're, you, you keep it for a special occasion, but most people, uh, aren't as meticulous as you are and they use it every day. And so they're like, dang it, freaking ruling. Like I'm thinking about them. I don't even want to be like, and you talk about like cost per impression. I mean, I think that's where Jason got excited. He's like, nobody measures cost per impression when it comes to gratitude or gifting. And if you can get something in somebody's hands that they think of every day for the rest of their life, that's a pretty powerful tool. And so that's one of the things that we sell on is, is that daily use. Like it seems silly to send a knife to somebody, but it is something that most people will get use out of on a regular basis. Well, and you know what actually is really interesting to me about that is it, so uh, this is not just for knives, uh, clearly, but when I, I mean, I've been a real estate developer for 15 years now. And one of the 
very successful real estate developers in this in the space who's no longer alive. But I, I, I met with him a few times when I was much younger and he was really gracious to sort of give me advice and stuff. And one of the things he told me, which I always, always remembered and always acted on was he would say, uh, put money into the things that people touch. So put mm-hmm. money into the doorknobs, to the handles in the kitchen cabinets, like the things that people touch. Cause that's what yeah. has like some of the biggest impression. And it's true. It's like, you know, and, and that's not obviously not just nice, like a book. I mean, anything where you're, it's tactile, like it, it means something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why we put, I mean, the first 50 books that I made for giftology, I, I invested $200 a piece in them and I sent them to guys like, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk and Seth Godin and either mentors or mentors from afar or friends that were really influential and that tactile nature of people do judge a book by its cover. They do judge a, a house by its doorknob. They do like all of the, like we are tangible, visible, even in our digital age, like those, those handful of things do matter. And so I, I think that uh, people underestimate, um, yeah, like the, like, why does the cabinet handles matter? Well, they do because psychologically there's a little impression of it's quality or not quality. It's like opening right. the, the door to a, a Lexus the way the door shuts just feels good. Um, and that sticks with people. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. So, so now you have to explain though, how, how do you parlay this sort of this skill set, this inherent um, ability to sense these things and how, you turn this into an actual business? Yeah. Well, I think that um, everybody says relationships matter in business. Everybody talks about like, well, it's all about relationship. It's all about the relationship with my employees, my clients. But most leaders, if they're honest with themselves, you know, we'd get the keynotes some pretty cool places like Google. Even there, like oftentimes leaders say one thing and they're not very, they kind of suck at showing gratitude on a consistent basis. And so we get a lot of times people reach back out after they hear a speak or teach or whatever else. They're like, yeah, we're not very good at this. And so the core of our business is, you know, from entrepreneurs all the way up to, you know, $20 billion companies will hire us and say, Hey, you know, out of all the relationships we have, we have 500 employees, we have, you know, 5,000 clients, whatever that are really important to us. And we're sending, you know, Christmas cards and turkeys and bottles of wine and swag or not in gift cards, all that stuff. We're not very good at doing things that are really thoughtful and memorable and tangible. Can we hire you to outsource this to? And at the end of the day, like that's the core of our business is people, you know, whether it's the Chicago Cubs, will take their top 400 relationships uh, or whether it's somebody that has 50 really important people, but they'll, they'll work with us and our team to develop a year round or multi-year uh, what we call relationship action plan. And it's really just kind of a simple calendar of here's the four times a year, the two times a year, the 10 times a year that I want to make sure that my most important people, um, that I'm most top of mind with them because that's where referrals come from or that they feel the love and their spouse and their kids feels the love because that's going to generate whether or not they're going to stick with me as an employee. And so we just kind of map out who those people are, what the value of those relationships really are at a real metric number, and then back end into it. Hey, here's the here's the ten gifts we're going to do this year to those people, or here's the three gifts, or whatever it is, and kind of blend that with all the other things that they're doing from a relationship perspective. And and so yeah, that's that's that at core essence what we do every day. And does this? I mean, what kinds of companies are you usually working with? I mean, big, small, different different industries. Like what what's what's sort of the, the general. Avatar. The sweet spot? Yeah, sweet spot. I mean, we have companies in EO uh, that are doing two, three million in revenue. And we have, you know, companies uh, like a Google or a, 
um, a Morgan Stanley or whatever else that might be doing tens of billions. I, I would say our sweet spot is is kind of a YPO type member, um, Young Presidents Organization. It's that privately owned, uh, faith-based or core values driven. So they're already a giver by nature. They just want to get better at it and automate it better or have a more of a strategy to it. Not the most people are very reactive when it comes to gifts like, oh, I got a referral. I better send a gift. And that's actually the worst time to send a gift, ironically enough. And so most of our clients would be in that 10 million to a billion in revenue, privately owned, faith-based or core values driven um, most of the time B2B, all, although we do have a number of high-level B2C companies, so like financial advisors, um, home builders in the luxury realm, or, you know, we're a, a typical transaction, like you can't justify doing high-end gifts if you're Walmart. Um, I mean, they're a bad example in general because they're not typically very generous or <laughs> known to be the most generous when it comes to things. But a retailer, unless you're selling, you know, Lexuses or something like that, you're not, you don't have enough margin to reinvest back into the relationship. Cause that's one of the core things that we teach people is you should be reinvesting from your net profit. Not, not, I don't care what your revenue or your gross is, what's your net. You should be reinvesting a minimum of 5% back into those relationships to ensure that they stay, to ensure that they grow. And the biggest thing is to turn all of your clients into raving fan salespeople for you. And that's really a lot of times people are like, well, I already have high retention. I'm like, well, that's great. But how many referrals are you getting from all your top 100 clients? And if most people are honest, they're like a lot of their business comes from referral and they're not doing anything proactively to make sure that those people are on fire for you as a salesperson. And gratitude is one of those things that you can do on a consistent basis to turn them into on fire salespeople for you. And, and so, yeah, it, it, if you're a half million dollar business, that's really profitable. We do have some of those kind of clients that maybe are a speaker, you know, they don't have a half a million dollars in revenue, but that's pure, I don't say pure profit, but they have one employee. So we do work with a number of bigger speakers. Um, but in general, that that 10 million to a billion revenue is is kind of like our target market. So uh, what what kind of like in what situation? I mean, you mentioned a couple, but sort of generally speaking, like if there's people listening to this who have a company and they're, they, they haven't really thought of this before, like what situation would they find themselves in where they would say to themselves, like, we really need like a gifting strategy? Yeah. Well, I would say that um, if you have high value relationships, um, if you have, you know, large numbers of clients that do a lot of revenue with you um, or you have very valuable employees that uh, you're in a competitive industry for employees or you're trying to break into a new vertical and your your cost to get to land one client, if you add up all the sales, marketing, trade shows, entertaining you know, whatever, you know, paying the salesperson, if there's a lot of money involved um, and you're not growing as fast as you want to be growing and you want to add fuel to the fire or accelerate, you know, really what gifting does, if you do it well, it just accelerates the relationship. When you send something to somebody and they're like, wow, this person really knows me. I like that person. I trust that person business is more likely to happen frequently or the door is more likely to be cracked open. And so if you have a sucky business and there's a lot of other operational things that are, that are wrong with your business, reaching out to somebody like us is a mistake because, you know, focusing on gifting when you just need to have your sales team return phone calls faster, or you need to have like your pricing buttoned up, like, that that's not going to like gifting will actually make it worse. Cause people are like, I just wish you would return my phone call. Don't send me a $500 gift. Like right. I don't need a gift. I need you to just be attentive. 
But if you have your business pretty dialed in and you're scaling or growing, and you're like, how, what's, what can I do that nobody else in my industry is doing? What can I do to, that would have a, a, you know, cost relatively small amount of money that would have a massive impact on sales and retention or growth or uh, loyalty? Um, oftentimes most people look at gratitude and gifting as this like, Oh, a warm fuzzy, like we had a profitable year. Let's go buy bottles of wine or, you know, an iPad for everybody. Like that's usually ironically enough, like people think about gifting at the wrong times, which is the holidays, which Uh is the worst time to give a gift because it's out of obligation. And so most people reach out to us when they're like, Hey, I got things pretty dialed in, but I just want to go faster. And that's really the types of people that we want to work with more closely. That, that's a really, I mean, that's a really cool way to articulate, I have to say, and that actually does make it very, very clear. Uh, you may not have the answer to this, but I feel like you probably do. If you have, generally speaking, if you have people who are on a, an annual contract, for example, how many months or how many weeks or how many days in advance of that renewal is ideal to hit them up with something? Um well, if you're doing things on a year-to-year basis, like a lot of the pro sports teams will reach out to us and they're like, hey, we got renewals coming up in six months. Um, we're thinking about sending this out three months before renewal. And I'm like, well, let's, let's put yourself in their shoes. You're asking them to spend a quarter million dollars and you want to send them this $300 jersey. And they're going to spend a quarter million dollars because you sent them a $300 gift. Is that What, what do you think that what goes through their head? Do they really, are they really like, oh my gosh, so thoughtful, you know, like renewals come in 90 days, like, it feels like you're trying to bribe them or buy them or it's a bait and switch. So our best situations are where people get far enough in advance where they send out a gift just because it's not anywhere near um, renewal time. Uh And so especially if you have multi-year contracts, do the gifting on the front end in year one, year two, and then year three, you've earned the right, you've, you know, you've earned the business, you've loved on them when you didn't have to because it wasn't near renewal time. And if you want to do something six months ahead of time, great. But oftentimes people send gifts with the wrong intentions or they're trying to manipulate a situation. And I think that, you know, most people that are smart can read between the lines. And I think you actually invest money to have a negative thought or a consequence, whether they ever tell you that or not uh, is another story. Cause most people aren't very honest about what they really think of gifts. Like nobody writes handwritten notes saying, I actually thought less of you as a human when I received this, Yeah, right. but a lot of times that's what goes through people's heads. And so I'm very much like do gifting when you don't have to, and then you don't have to do gifting. Um, it's already, it's already become a part of the process and, and people want to renew with you because you have a great business, you've added value and you loved on them when you didn't have to, it just becomes a natural progression. Yeah, no, that's, and that's, that's great. Um, so what, uh, I'd love to hear if you can think of this one, but what was one of the most interesting or unusual gifts you feel like you've uh, facilitated the giving of the, the, the giving of, um, for somebody else or for, for, uh, for myself to a client, <laughs> either one, whatever one's okay. more weird, <laughs> more weird. Um, I mean, I've, I've sent out to like, <clears throat> um, to like John Lee Dumas. I've sent, you know, he's an entrepreneur on fire. I've sent him, you know, like a sauna before that was a pretty wild, weird gift. I, that was the first time I'd ever done that before. Not, um, no, no. Just be careful because of the audience that listens to the show. We're not talking about Asana, the project management tool. He's talking about a sauna. <laughs> yeah. Like a wood box that it heats up <laughs> and gets really, you get hot and sweaty and you know, uh-huh. all that kind of stuff. But yeah. Oh yeah. Not Asana. <laughs> um, so I mean, I've, uh, I've facilitated for, um, when I first met Cameron Harold, who we both know, like I, um, I'll do the abbreviated version. I wanted to get his attention. 
Um, he was coming. I saw him speak at an EO event out in Vegas at a big university. And I, I saw, I heard he was coming to, to Cleveland and I wanted to get his attention. And I thought the dinner and the ball game would be like the, the closer, like, Hey, I got Cavs tickets. LeBron's in town. It's opening night. Let's go for a steak dinner and go see a game. And, and his response was, I don't have anything else going on. I guess I'll go. And so like probably a lot of your listeners who do the typical dinner ball game round of golf steak dinner, like most people, that's not a big deal. Like they get that a hundred times a year. And I didn't realize at the time I was pretty green, um, so I'm like, I have to do something else. And I'm like racking my brain. I said, what else are you going to do when you're in town? And he said, well, I'm coming in from Vancouver, Canada and there's not, you know, the dollar's really weak. So I'm going to go shopping and I'm thinking maybe this is my angle. I'm like, um, where are you going to shop at? And he said, Brooks brothers. And on the spot, I'm like, I'm a Jose bank guy, which is shirt size. I want to send you a shirt. And he looks at me kind of bewildered. Like, does this dude have a man crush on me? Like, that's a really weird forward question to ask somebody, uh, within two minutes of meeting them, but he's from, you know, that Canadian charm and, and politeness. Like he actually told me what a size was. And so I'm like, great, we'll meet up. And so, uh, three months go by the morning of, and I told my business partner this idea and he nixed it in the morning of Cameron starts texting me. I'm my flight's delayed. I'm not sure if I'm going to get in time. Do you just want to cancel? And I'm like, son of a gun. He doesn't care about the dinner and the ball game. He wants to cancel on this. And I'm like, no, even if you get in late, we'll just go grab dinner. And so I call my partner back. I'm like, we have to do this. He's like, I think you're insane. It's going to come out of your personal draw if it doesn't work out. But if you think if you believe in it enough, go for it. So three hours before he lands, I drive an hour up to Brooks Brothers. I put the Amex down. I said, I want one of everything in your new fall collection, all your jackets, pants, sweaters, belts, you name it. And the guys think I'm joking. And I'm like, with a dead pan face, I'm like, no, I want everything. And so it takes them an hour to gather everything up. And uh, they start to ring it up. And I'm like praying that the Amex goes through. Because when I saw yeah. the sign for it, it was $7,000 in clothes. I'm like, gosh, this better freaking work. Um, so I try, drive over to the Ritz where he's going to be staying, ask for the GM. I'm like, one of the top business coaches in the world is coming to town. Do you want to do something amazing? Of course, it's the Ritz. What do they say? I said, sure. What are you thinking? I said, well, I want to merchandise this hotel room to look like a Brooks Brothers store, jackets here, pants. And they're like, we've never been asked that before, but we can do that. So merchandise the room, go down to the bar. I'm like drinking. Yeah, and I'm not a big drinker, but I'm drinking like a triple on the rocks because I'm like, <laughs> I am so nervous. And my partner gets there an hour later and he's in my ear like, he's going to think you're a stalker. This is the worst idea ever. And so Cameron arrives. It's like one of those travel days from, you know, you know what? Like he just has no desire to go to dinner or a ball game. He wants to go to bed. And I'm like, Cameron, go take a shower. Come down when you're ready. Like even if we miss the game, it's not a big deal. And he comes back down about 30 minutes later and he's glowing and he's like floating. And he's like, John, whatever you want to talk about for as long as you want to talk about it, I'm all ears. I've never had anybody, and I mean anybody, treat me this way. So you know, he's done things that $10 million in advertising couldn't do for me over the last 10, 12 years. Like the reason I can charge 20 grand to go speak is because he got me my first $15,000 speaking engagement. Like he's endorsed me from stages and in books. And if I want to meet the president of Starbucks, sure. I, he's a buddy of mine here. I'll open the door. Like anybody that's in his Rolodex has now become part of my Rolodex. And, um, it's, it's been insane. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's, I've heard that story and it's, it's such a, it's, it's so great. And kudos to you, man. Well, so now on the opposite side of that, are there some like gifting absolute no-nos or horrible gifts to give? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I think most people try to avoid pain more than they go towards pleasure. Like even when I spoke at Google, they're like $7,000 is a lot. And I'm like, you don't understand. Like you have slides in your office. Like, are you serious? Like that's really yeah. freaking you out. But um, like you're missing the point. That's you don't have to spend that $7,000 on everybody, but there are times when it does make sense. I would say as far as don't gifts, like I actually... 
um, I created a PDF. Um, I have one pager because I get this question all the time. It's like the top 10 worst gifts to avoid giving. Um, and your tribe can go download it if they want. It's, it's, uh, it's giftologybook.com backslash uh, Ari. So A-R-I. Um, and they can download the 10 worst. And it has not only the 10, but also an explanation. But like one of the things I see people give uh, on just a frequent basis, and even people that you think are good gift givers is gift cards. And it's like yeah. really a piece of plastic that you that you basically narrow down where somebody can spend the money. And it basically shows like a gift is supposed to invoke a meaning of, you know, that, hey, I thought of you in a really deep way and I honor you and I know you. I know you as a human. And a gift card basically says I either I don't know you or I didn't care enough to go take the time to even put any thought into this. And so I just decided to mail it in and I'm going to give you a gift card. So like gift cards are one of the worst food. Um, you know, like you don't know, you know people get food all the time. And I'm like, are you measuring the cost per impression? Cause that nice bottle of wine or bourbon or ham or chocolate, like it's going to be down the toilet in 24 hours. So like you get one impression and two, like in d- today's day and age, like there's so many, like people are keto and they have food allergies and they're, you know, like you, like this, you know, like Crohn's or celiac or their, their wife or husband is, or their kids are like, you, there's so many ways you can offend people with food and it's not, it's a, you know, the cost per impression is horrible. And so food and alcohol, unless you really know somebody and you're like, they're really into bourbon and I'm going to go buy them like a $2,000 bottle of Pappy just to blow their mind. Um, like most of the time, like food and alcohol are two on the top 10 list of just to avoid in most situations. It's just not a good investment. So there's others on there, but the gift cards are in, in the food and alcohol are definitely in the top three. It's very helpful. I mean, especially right now I'm looking, I've been looking at the gifts for my team and stuff. And those were like some of the obvious go-tos, but they're just like, I've been procrastinating on it because they just don't seem right. So uh, <laughs> glad to hear, I'm glad to get that validation. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so John, this has been really great. Thank you so much. So you gave that URL for people to go to. Is there any other place you'd like to direct uh, people to in general to, to check out? No, I mean, the book is on Amazon. I mean, it hit some bestseller lists and whatever else. It's, it's, uh, you know, we've been really fortunate. But it, I think that, you know, the downloading the top 10 worst gifts to avoid that, at least you, have, you, know, you and your team or your assistant, whoever, like, you know, like you can direct them, um, you know, of where you want to go and say, avoid these at least. Um, the book is, you know, it's a quick two hour read, whether it's on Audible or, or uh, Kindle or whatever else, but uh, but there's no giftology too coming out anytime soon. So if I can get people to read the book and then become more generous and thoughtful gift givers as a leader, like I've uh, I've done my work. I mean, we're on all the normal social media, Facebook, Twitter, all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, um, I, I love hearing about people taking action and going and doing something, and then updating me uh, on social that hey, I I did this, and this is the response of the person, and that gets me going. Awesome. Well, John, thank you again for your time. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us today on the Less Doing Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share with your friends. For more information about Ari and his groundbreaking methods, please visit us online at lessdoing.com and on social media at Ari Mizell. We'll see you next week.